listening to First Church Charlotte. How do you follow that? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, the commercial is over. I just want to talk to you tonight from my heart, and I'm going to... This may be instructional, it may be a bit inspirational, but it's, it's just burning in my heart, and it's something that I have seen again and again, and I want you to understand tonight your significance. I want you to understand the difference that you can make as an individual in the kingdom of God. Do you believe that tonight? Amen. Amen. Again, I give honor to, to, to pastor tonight. It's an honor to stand here. I know the, the, the capability of the ministry that stands behind this, this podium. And I'm honored to stand here tonight and to be trusted with this congregation. I'm going to be who I am. That's all I can be. Amen. But I do feel at home and I want to leave something with you today. If you'll look with me to Matthew chapter 13 and we'll begin reading with verse number 10. Praise God. Did I forget anything? Anybody? Do we need to take another offering or anything? No. Okay. Any anniversaries, birthdays? Anybody getting married? Want to announce it tonight? No. Amen. God bless you. I told you I'm going to feel right at home. Matthew 13 and 10. And the disciples came and said to him, this is Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? In other words, they're asking, why are you telling them stories? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. You've been walking with me. You've been watching me perform miracles. You've been uh, experiencing me opening, opening your understanding. He says, but to them, it has not been given this experience. And therefore, I tell them stories so that they may find their way. Praise God. I want to talk to you tonight on this subject, the power of a story. The power of a story. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of it. Thank you for the truth that is in your word tonight. Anoint me, use me, enable me tonight. Prepare the soil. Amen. Prepare the soil tonight. It doesn't matter the seed or the water, but if the soil is ready, hallelujah, there will be an increase in the hearts of your people tonight. Help us to recognize our significance and the significance of our story through this word. In the name of Jesus, I ask. Amen. Praise God. Would you clap your hands and give God praise? Amen. Stir up something. Stir up a gift that is within you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God glory. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. Praise God. Because stories are one of the most powerful ways that humans can engage. Stories, therefore, are vital to our every connection. (coughs) Stories go far beyond just relaying facts or data. But stories have a way of emotionalizing information. Yes, it's good. But in my experience, not all stories are equal. The most powerful stories are authentic stories. Someone once said, authenticity is learning how to be interested and not just interesting. Come on. Otherwise, your audience will never believe what you are saying. Jesus understood that a story told well and a story spoken at the correct time can have a massive effect upon a life. A story will inspire. A story will move people to take action. We see in John chapter 9, there is a story that begins with Jesus spitting on the ground. And with the saliva and the clay, he makes, as we say in Ireland, a bit of muck. And I I like the way the Bible puts it. Then he anoints. 
the blind man's eyes. And after this anointing of muck on the blind man's eyes, he sent him to the pool of Siloam to wash. And the blind man obeyed and went to the pool and washed the muck from his eyes. And, and here's what's amazing. He returned seeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. What a story! Yeah. But that is not the end of the story. The former blind man's neighbors now begin to talk. And others in the community begin to question if he were the same man that they remembered as being blind. And he replied to them, Yes, it is me. The same boy you remember growing up and, and, and causing trouble in the neighborhood. It is me. I am that former blind man. The former blind man's parents were called in by the Pharisees to speak for their son. And they said, well, why don't you just let him tell you the story himself? And so after he told the Pharisees his story, they said, uh... Can you tell us again? And I like his response. The former blind man replied, You must want to be disciples. <laughs> Look, he said, As I have told you before, Whether or not this man Jesus is a sinner, You must work out for yourself. All I can tell you is my story. And my story is this. Once I was blind, but now I see. There's power in your story tonight. And I'm here to tell somebody, don't ever underestimate the power of your story. Don't let the enemy speak to you and tell you that you are worthless, insignificant, uh, that you do not have anything interesting to share. Each and every one of us here tonight have something powerful, innate within us. And it is our experiences. It is our walk. It is our challenges that we have overcome are, are in the midst of facing. Uh, there is power in your story. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, uh, amen. Recognize your significance. Recognize what you have within you. Quit underestimating the power. If you were lost at any time, but now you are found, you have a story to tell. If you have ever been astray as a prodigal, but now you have come home, you have a story to tell. Yeah. Hallelujah. If you were sinking, but now you are established, you have a story to tell. Yeah. If you have ever been hurting, but now you are healed, you have a story to tell. Tell your story. Amen. Someone once said that scars are like tattoos. But with better stories. I believe that our healed wounds are our greatest opportunities. They are, our, they are God's story for us. They are unique to us. They are specific to you. They were designed to work for you. That's why he says all things, not just the good things, but all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. It was designed to work for you. It can only be understood by you. I, I've had this revelation recently that, that, that Jesus said, take up your cross. He didn't say take up my cross. Right. Because it's difficult for us to understand somebody else's cross. Jesus said, you'll never understand my cross. But you have a cross. You'll understand your cross. Amen. And it can be understood by you. Your story, you can relate to it. Yeah. It will only be told authentically through you. Hallelujah. Amen. You have a story to tell. Amen. But it does not matter how much God desires to share through your story. If we do not know how to tell the story. Right. A secret story is a worthless story. Right. And if we do not understand how to interpret God's will in our lives. Right. Then how can we embrace it? Right. How can we declare it? 
How can we partner with it? How can we be influenced by it? Our stories must go beyond the stories that were told to us. God is not looking for clones. Amen. Good for passing down inheritances, but incapable of creating one. I was struck by something that one of our elders said in our uh, churches in Great Britain and Ireland. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary of being an organized church. And one of the elders that got up there, Sister Turley, she stepped up and she said, as she looked out over the thousands of worshipers and the hundreds of pastors and ministers that were represented there, she said, to think that all of this started in a prayer meeting in a car. I was struck by that, Elder Elms. I was stirred by that. And I, 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 I begin to think, you know, I'm afraid that some in this generation have become content to travel a safer and a more well-worn path of corporate stories right. and corporate slogan, slogans and corporate signs. Right. Amen. This is who we are. But where are the pioneers of this generation? Amen. Who will, who, will, who will be ready to take the road that is a little bit less traveled uh, to leave an inheritance behind? Not just to receive an inheritance, but to leave an inheritance behind. I believe God is looking for diverse disciples in this hour. And he's looking for people with diverse stories. Amen. My, my story is, is thank God for his grace and his blood and his mercy. Amen. That I I was raised in a godly home, in a pastor's home, in a missionary's home. I've, I've known nothing but the work of God and the goodness of God and how God has brought us through and miraculous, miraculously kept us. That's my story. But we need more stories than just uh, the fifth generation uh, uh, preacher's kid. Uh, we need other stories in our churches. We need other stories uh, in our ministries. Amen. I don't want you to be a clone of my story. I want you to find your own story. And we, we must be less content with being a part of just a corporate story. Well, I'm a part of First Church's story. And we must become more intent to find a personal story. Hallelujah. A personal witness. Amen. Because you do have a story to tell. Apostle Paul he, he shared this with us in 1 Timothy 1 and 12. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry who was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant, abundant with faith and love. And he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And he says, for this reason, I obtain mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him. For everlasting life. In other words, Paul said, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Hallelujah. Amen. This is why God has called me so that I can go and preach not somebody else's story, but tell them what God has done for me. Hallelujah. That's why God sent Paul to the Greeks and not Peter to the Greeks, uh, because he could preach a story that they could relate to. He could preach a message that they could connect to. Hallelujah. Quit uh, eliminating yourself. Uh, amen. From ministry and the possibility of ministry wherever you are whatever community you abide in tonight I'm telling you you have a story to tell and it's still being written it's still being authored but here's the thing I like tonight I know who the author is amen and it doesn't matter where you may find yourself tonight you may find yourself in a bad place but he's still writing the story and he's the only one that can get you out of the mess that you are in he's just going to continue to write until you win hallelujah so tell your story 
If your story is to be believed, however, and if your story is to create a conversation, if your story is to leave a legacy, it needs to answer three questions. Question number one, what is your story all about? And I'm going to answer it right here. It's about the love of God. It's about his grace. It's about his mercy in your life. Genesis 37 and 3 says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. I think we can all agree tonight that nothing releases the destiny of a child more than the favor of a parent. But something is lost in the spirit of a child that doesn't believe that it is loved. Come on now. Absolutely. Joseph knew that the coat that his father gave him meant that Jacob loved him above all. And it's no wonder that when he began to put on that revelation, that understanding, that coat, he began to dream. He began to see things in a different light and a different perspective. I'm here to tell you tonight, you will not dream God's dream until you are convinced that God loves you. Amen. When we do not have the love of God spoken over us. Amen. We will dream dreams of fantasies in order to fill the holes that are left in our hearts. And when we do not have God's destiny spoken over us, we will pursue fantasies of wealth and fantasies of power and fantasies of influence to avoid falling into despair and feeling absolutely worthless in this life. But I'm going to tell you tonight, there is no one who believes in you like God believes in you. For God so loved the world, he gave. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would perhaps even dare die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us quit doubting your significance your place we didn't find god he found us hallelujah he came from heaven down to earth he pursued us and not only did he pursue us his love is surrounding us right now while i am speaking the apostles paul said who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation shall distress persecution famine peril or sword no I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things yet to come will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So I like the way the apostle sums it up in Hebrews 13 and 5. He says... So understanding how you are loved, let your conduct be without covetousness. In other words, without the fantasy. Because what is covetousness? It's thinking if I have someone else's things, I'll have someone else's life. Is it not? This is, this is covetousness and in, in my definition. Amen. But he says, just do without the fantasies. Be content with such things as you have. In other words, be happy with your story. Be happy with what God's doing with you right now. Hallelujah. He's molding you. He's making you. He's preparing you. He's giving you a platform that nobody else is going to be able to speak from. Be content with where you are. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And he said, because of that, now we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Hallelujah. God knows all the mistakes you have made. 
He knows all the injustices you've endured. He knows the circumstances you are in today. But that doesn't change one thing about his plan for your life. If you feel like you are a nobody. If you feel like you are an accident. If you feel like you are a nuisance tonight. If you feel like you are just not special. Guess what? God's got a coat for you. Hallelujah. God's got a story for you. Put it on. God loves you. Hallelujah. Put it on and it will direct your life. It will make sense of your life. It will change your life. Think about it. What was it that kept Joseph through the storms? It wasn't the dreams. Because we read, after he was elevated in Egypt, then it was, he remembered the dream. But what kept him through that was knowing he was loved by his father. He knew what that coat represented. It represented the covenant between God and his great-grandfather Abraham. Hallelujah. And his father Isaac. And his father Jacob was now on him. Hallelujah. He knew with that. That was the blessing. Amen. The favor of God was upon him. And he knew that his father loved him. That's why when his brothers came, that was the first thing he asked. My father's still alive? Hallelujah. Amen. How's my father doing? Is he still alive? Because that's what kept him through the storm. It's not the dreams. It's not the dramatic. It's not all of the big events that are going to keep you through the storm. It's not all the things that the church can engineer to keep you entertained that's going to keep you. What's going to keep you is knowing that you are loved unconditionally by a heavenly father. And that no matter what condition you find yourself in, he will find you. You know, there, there are some things in life that just have a way of finding us, don't they? I mean, any, any of you ever been sick before? Hallelujah. Amen. Sickness has a way of finding us. <laughs> how, about, how about financial problems? <laughs> Amen. They have a way of finding you, huh? you. You try to get everything right, but it just seems to keep finding you. But I'll tell you what else can find us. And that's the love of God. Hallelujah. The love of God can always find you where you are. You may be a prodigal eating the food that's meant for the pigs, but God is able to meet you, talk to you, and bring you to yourself and say, hey, even the servants in my father's house have it better. I'm going home. Hallelujah. You have a story to tell. Number two, not only what is your story about, but the second question you need to answer about your story is why is your story relevant? Why is it relevant today? And I'm going to answer it again because of the call of God that is upon you. Paul said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Peter said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. God only calls what is his. When I, when I go outside in the evening to call my children in from play, I don't call my neighbor's children in. I call Ashley, Sienna, it's time to come home. And God has called you. And little by little, you are coming into who you are. And the more you become into who you are, the less you want to be who you were. And your commitment is born out of that call. You are here today because you cannot walk away. Jeremiah said, I I tried to quit. I wanted to quit preaching. It it just, it wasn't paying presently. But he said, I couldn't sit down. It was like a fire shut up in my bones. I had to tell my story. Come on. Amen. Glory. If God has called you, Hallelujah. nothing can hold you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Brother, right here in the blue shirt, what's your name? Ed. I like that. Ed. <laughs> Come on up here. I like you, brother Ed. Praise the Lord. You greeted me so kindly tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can go back to your seat. Praise. That wasn't too complicated, was it? 
Now, when I called brother Ed, why didn't any of you get up and stop him? Because I called him, but also you didn't know his mission. You didn't know what I needed him for. You didn't understand what was going to take place. So you just kind of sat on the sideline and watched. And that's why when God calls you, the enemy cannot hold you and stop you because he does not know your mission. He does not know what God is about to do in your life. When God calls you, the only person that can hinder you and stop you is yourself. Quit ruling yourself out because of this and that and this weakness and this flaw just get up like brother Ed got up and come on down hallelujah because God's got a story for you that's why some of you were fighting today (laughs) but you're in the house of God tonight Hallelujah. That's why some of you, amen, you had some negative thoughts today, but you made it to the house of God. Anyways, hallelujah. The enemy couldn't hold you back because he didn't know the mission that was in your life. Amen. And you made it. Come hell or high water, as they used to say, you're still here tonight. Although you've been tempted yesterday, you're still standing today by the grace of God. Finding that purpose, finding that calling is finding your thing. And your thing is the thing that you will do for free. It satisfies your spirit because you're called to it. It doesn't need to be a big thing to be a big thing when you are called to it. It satisfies because it fits. When Sister Maria, this beautiful lady over here, many people ask me, How did you two get together? (laughs) And I know the undertones of what that means. That lucky lucky guy. (laughs) Where we started. In Greece and Athens. We started on 500 euros a month. And that may seem a lot to some people. But in Europe, that's nothing. And we lived in a little one-bedroom apartment. Not in a bedroom, just one-room apartment. And we had no furniture. We had a mattress on the floor, and we had a cardboard box with a, with a, with a tablecloth on it. That was our dining room table. And we drug a few of those old, white, weathered, patio, plastic patio chairs that the feet splay out when you sit on them. <laughs> and that was our dining room. And that's where we started. Yeah. That was where our story started. And I remember the greatest joys of those moments when we would walk together 12 blocks because we didn't even have a car over to the bus station and get the bus over to the church and and walk in and greet our people and love on them and preach the word of God the best we knew how and minister to people and and then after church we'd make the same journey back. And I remember there was a little a little nut stand between our church and our house and and we liked to when we had a few extra coins to cobble together to stop and buy a little bag of warm cashews and we would share those on the way and you know we look back on that and say boy that was bad that was rough man oh my and people say oh I'm so sorry you had to I don't feel sorry for me hallelujah those were the happiest days of our life amen God was just preparing us he was he was getting us ready for something special he was preparing our story amen it was our thing and we were happy to do it when you're always looking for something big when you are drawing significant, you're always looking for something big when you're trying to draw significance from other people. But the sign of maturity is when you know what you are doing is important. No matter how big, no matter how small. Amen. Amen. Until you believe in your calling, you will not do small things with excellence. And if you do not do small things with excellence, you will never be trusted with big things. Learn to do it big where you are right where you are worship big on low attendance services hallelujah amen amen if your usual prayer partner a praise partner is not next to you you just go ahead and get up and praise big hallelujah 
Amen. When, when your class is small, maybe it's just two or three students, teach big. Hallelujah. Amen. Live for God big when nobody else is watching and nobody else cares what you are doing. Just do it big where you are. When you are excellent on your level, you don't need to fight for promotion. Promotion will fight for you. So love your God. Love your family. Love your man. Love your woman. Love your children. Love your job. And love your church. Hallelujah. Because you are called to it. You are called according to purpose. You are made by purpose. You are made on purpose. You are made with purpose. And you are made for purpose. And finally tonight, the third question you need to ask of your story is, how will my story be heard? How will it be heard? Not only how will it be told, but how will it be heard? In Exodus chapter 4, after a burning bush call, Moses said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. In other words, he said, what if they don't believe my story? What if they don't hear my voice? So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? What we hold is what we have. God did not ask Moses, what are you thinking? God did not ask Moses, what are you saying? God asked Moses, what are you holding? If we're going to be heard, our story must be authentic. It must be our story, not somebody else's story. Not somebody else's journey. Let me tell you about Brother Ed. No, Brother Ed's got his story to tell. You just tell you. But my story's not extravagant. It's not, hey, hey, I, I, I can't say, thank God he found me in prison and saved me and brought me out of that darkness. I can't say that because that's not my story. Hallelujah. I've got to, if I'm going to be heard, I've got to tell authentically my story. And don't compare your story with somebody else's story. That, that, that's the spirit the enemy tries to use to silence you. To, to, to compare gift to gift and story to story and talent to talent. Just say it as it is. You know what? Be transparent about it. If it's just a little bit rough right now, just say, it's a little bit rough right now. But God is still with me. He hasn't forsaken me. I still feel his presence. I still know I'm loved. I still know I'm called according to his purpose. He's just working on me right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Quit prettying it up. Quit putting all the bows and the ribbons on it so people, you think people might like it better. But God just said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? Share what you have. Now, this is, this is important because shepherds in those days, they, it was, they, would, they would carve their stories into their, into their staffs. You've probably heard this before. They carve their stories in there. And so what he was saying is, this is your life. This is your walk. This is your experience. Yeah, Moses didn't have a scepter. He should have had a scepter, but the wilderness experience took that away from him. But thank God, God never wastes a wilderness experience in anybody's life. Amen. He picked up a staff and he picked up another story and God said, I'm not going to use your scepter story. I'm going to use your staff story. I'm going to use the story that you're walking now. Hallelujah. Don't tell people about who you were. Tell people who you are hallelujah amen your pastor here he's an author so he would understand this amen our walk is the publisher of our story god is the author and some of you got some good stories amen but it's not getting out it's not getting to where it needs to get because our walk is not testifying to our experience and our testimony. 
How did Israel get out of Egypt? They walked out. You think about that. All that stretching forth rods and miracles happening and great things taking place. And then when all that was said and done, death angels passing over and, and, and blood on the doorposts and all that excitement. And then when it was time to leave, God just said, walk. <laughs> what happened to all the magic? What happened to all the bippity-boppity-boo? said walk but I like what he says in Exodus 3 and 12 God said to Moses I will certainly be with you though and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you shall serve God on this mountain in other words he says you're going to know I was with you when you get back here <laughs> amen there's going to be some times you're going to wonder Hey, God, where'd you go? What's happening? But he said, just keep walking. Just keep walking toward this mountain. And you're going to know that I have been with you when you get back here. Because you're going to look back and say, wow, he parted a Red Sea. Wow, he brought water from a rock. Wow. <laughs> look at what the Lord has done. And he brought us right back. Hallelujah. Some of you are wondering where God is, but in Deuteronomy 28, he says, It shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Hallelujah. Hey Amen. God's footsteps, you may not be able to hear them tonight, but I'm going to tell you, it's not too long. You're going to begin to hear them behind you, <laughs> coming up upon you, and then going before you. Amen. This is the story that God has for you. Sometimes it seems your story will never be finished. But trust the author. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We are still inspired by the story of these Israelites. Amen. Paul said these things happen to them as an example for us. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what all their story was about. So that we can look back and be inspired tonight. Amen. Who's going to look at you tomorrow and say, wow, because of this brother here. Amen. I'm still standing because of his example, because of his walk, because of his story. Somebody said it was the sheep that brought Moses to his destiny. Amen. Yep. Just, just kept walking. And God brought him back to the mountain. We had a dear precious lady. I may have told you this story before. If I have... There's some new people here. You haven't heard it. And those that you've heard it, you probably forgot it already. That's the good thing about good stories. They, they, they're just good every time you hear them. Just not too often. Soon back to back. But. but there was a dear lady in our church in Athens who, because of the condition and situations in her life, she had to flee her country. And she rode her bicycle all the way from India to Greece looking for a better life for herself. When she arrived in Greece, she fell into depression because she did not find the life that she was hoping and looked for. And she got trapped there because she was illegal. She couldn't move on further into Europe. And uh, she... she became an alcoholic and she was quickly drinking herself to death but one Saturday on a crowded Athens hot sweaty bus some little dear sister from the crossroads church in Athens reached out to her and said would you like to come to church with me tonight I'm on my way to the house of God and Banu Rani said yes and she followed her to the crossroads church and there she found the grace and the mercy of the Lord she committed her life and was baptized and here's what's amazing she was delivered and her life changed overnight because of her situation she 
could not marry because she was under threat, because she was running from an arranged marriage. She said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. She said, he has changed my life, and I am going to go tell people my story. And she started immediately. She didn't go to Bible school for training. She didn't sit for three years to figure out what she needed to do and what ministry she needed to plug in. She plugged in immediately. And I'm going to tell you, my friends, we just buried her. Was it two years ago? Amen. I don't want to stand before the throne of God with that woman. Because I don't know how many hundreds upon hundreds of people she brought to the Lord. Teaching Bible studies in her home and in buses and on subways. She'd just get on a bus and she'd sit down and she would just start asking their story. Tell me your story. Why are you here in Greece? What, how, what brought you here? And she'd listen and listen and listen and listen. And if you know the traffic in Athens, those bus rides can be a long time. And she'd listen and listen and she'd let them tell their story. And then she'd pat them on the knee and she'd smile so authentically. She said, now, let me tell you my story. And she'd start sharing with them how she was an alcoholic and how she was lost and had lost her way and how she had no future and no hope for her future, but how she found Jesus and how all of that changed. And she said, I, I'm still a nobody by this world's measurement. She said, but in the kingdom of God, I'm a somebody. And she said, let me tell you what God has done for me. And I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't take weeks or years or months. I mean, within hours, she would be bringing them back to the church. Pastor, I got another one that wants to be baptized. I got another one that wants to build an altar in their life. Hallelujah. Literally hundreds upon hundreds. She never held a position. She never had a, a, a license to preach. She never preached in a pulpit. She was just telling her story. Yes. And it changed the world she was in. Praise God. And when we buried her, there were some 45 preachers that were there to honor that woman and her testimony and her witness. And you say, well, I'm not a Banu Rani. You're right. But you've got a unique story to tell tonight. So in closing, I'm done. The wheels are coming down. Flaps are out. But I want to challenge you tonight. Is there anyone that you would like to come and just stand up here and reconnect with your story? Amen. Somebody said, I heard it here just yesterday. Somebody was saying that the joy of our salvation is witness. It's that witness that when the power of God comes on you, you want to tell somebody. Has that waned a little bit in your journey to tell others about your story? Amen. Reconnect tonight. Say, I want to leave here. And I want to just, I just want to focus on my audience. My sphere of influence. If it's at the job, if it's at the house, if it's, if it's, if it's another community, just, just share your story. Hallelujah. Can you just come tonight and reconnect in such a way that you can share it with passion? And with joy again. Amen. It, there may be a new, another chapter that's being written right now. And so you don't feel so great about yourself. Amen. But reconnect with what God has done. Look back over the, over the Jordan and say, wow, look at how far God has brought us. Uh, amen. I believe he can bring us wherever else that, that he has for us. I'm believing strongly tonight. Amen. Would you stand with me? And would you come as they sing something appropriate tonight? Amen. Just get somebody by the hand and say, I'm going down. I'm going to reconnect. You've got a story. I've got a story. We're going to go connect with our story tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And if, if you don't have a story of redemption, if you don't have a story of, of, of renewal in your life tonight, you can get it tonight. By just building an altar right here and confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart. Hallelujah. You can receive, amen, his love tonight into your heart in such a way that will transform your life. Don't leave the way you came. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? Hallelujah. Just do it now. Hallelujah. You have a story to tell.
You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord. Oh, if you can use anything, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hand, Lord. Touch my heart. God, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use, if you can use Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. feel like you you have a harvest field and you have the witness of God in your life the works that has already been done what you just need is a confidence switch you just need confidence I'm raise your hand real quick you just need confidence now I want to point out real quick to you that it's not just you this is exactly what it had to happen to the Apostles I want you to see this. I want you to see this. It, they, they, they had the testimony. They had the story. They had the time with Jesus, just like a lot of you. Uh, they, they could see the, 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 the field, they, they, the, the whole world, just like you. They could see. But they needed a confident switch in their life. And for them, just as us, there's no greater giving, giving of, the, of confidence than the knowledge that God is with you. That's the power of the Spirit in our lives. We know we're not going of our own. Uh, I, I, I think sometimes we get so comfortable with, you know, 
being in services that are filled with the spirit that we compartmentalize uh, confidence in church and insecurity in the world you guys know what I mean? I'm not getting on to you. I, I, now, with the apostles, they didn't have that because they didn't have this this church compartmentalization. Like, I'm bold here. I'm authoritative, I'm authoritative here. And I'm mighty here. And then I go to work and there's a bunch of heathens everywhere. They, they didn't have that church life separation, that church life compartmentalization like we do. So sometimes we're, I'll be the first one to confess. I can be guilty of coming to church, having an awesome service. My God, it's powerful. And here I'm confident, but I go back into my world and I've got it compartmentalized in there and I'm insecure. You know, I'm not. And uh, I, I think many of you know what I'm talking about. Let's pray right now for a revival of boldness in our life. Lord Jesus, I'm praying that there would be a, a spiritual authority that would be some way awoken within us some way there's like this awakening within us oh god and we're not just bold in church and we're not just filled with your spirit in church lord but we have confidence in the world where the fields of the lord are lord jesus let us make that switch let us make that switch where we we already have the testimony and we can see the field now give us boldness to go forward into that field in jesus name in jesus name in jesus name uh, anybody have a special need here tonight? Just raise your hand real quick. I know we're praying. We've been praying with Israel for a while. Special need in his life. Uh, some of you standing right here, just direct your hands toward Israel. We're going to pray for him. Uh, I can't see in the lot. Uh, D, is that D? D has a special need in her life. Just look around you. Is there people around you with their hands up? Real quick, I want, I want you to be bold right now. I want you to step out. I'm going to get you out of here in just a moment. I know kids have school and whatnot. Just, just step out. Someone with their hand in the air. And I want you to practice some of that boldness we've been Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four stars. By doing so, you will help others find it and also bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times and church ministries, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.